0: One of the things that has aligned with most of our clients is our best clients are family businesses like us that really resonate with this idea that our family is just really ingrained in, into what we do every day. And that's the same for them as
1: well. So, you know, design is really great when it makes you want to drive all the way to Pennsylvania when you're not near Pennsylvania. And it makes you want to buy a bottle of milk when you don't even drink milk just because of the branding. And that's exactly what happened when I saw the work of Emmerich Office. So welcome to episode 35 of Overtime. This is Dribble's official podcast and I'm Dan Cedarholm, your host. Today we're talking with Emmerich Office, specifically Josh and Katie Emmerich, their husband and wife team in Indianapolis, They're raising four kids and running an incredible design studio. That just does top to bottom uh, identity branding work. That's just incredible illustration, typography, everything. The work's impeccable, and I'm a giant fan. And because of that, it was great to talk to them, and as a real treat to hear like how their process works and how they're you know just go behind the scenes of of what they're doing over there. It's super super great. I think you're gonna love the episode. So, this episode is brought to you by Wix.com. Push the limits of design and start creating beautiful, impactful websites that are uniquely yours with Wix. And we'll be hearing more about Wix later on in the episode. I'd also like to plug uh, Hang Time Seattle. It's happening May 15th. So, very, very soon. Tickets are still available, uh, there's a limited amount left. So, don't delay if you want to join us, the entire Dribble team, and a bunch of wonderful speakers. Uh, including Aaron Draplin and Dana Tanamachi and Koi Vin and many, many others for a day of uh, you know fun, hanging out, hearing about design from all these amazing people in, in Seattle. So May 15th, get your tickets, dribble.com slash hangtime. And for now, let's hear from Josh and Katie Emmerich about Emmerich Office and all the incredible work they're working on. Well, so welcome to the show. Welcome to overtime. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's so coo- it's coo- it's awesome to have you uh, on because I've been such a fan of of your work on Dribble and elsewhere uh, for a long time, and it's just amazing. Um, and reading your your quick bio that your husband and wife team, and you're in Indiana and raising four kids while you. Pump out this incredible work! I just thought, man, th- th- there's got there's a good story here uh, on top of the amazing work that, that's already ha- that has, already has a good story. So, so uh, I guess starting at the at the beginning, maybe how how you basically built Emrick Office uh, as a as a team, and um, and what it's like in in Indiana doing that.
0: Yeah, so I had a, a design firm um, that I was a part of before Emmerich office and it was called tenfold. Um, so some people out there might, might remember tenfold, but, uh, we were based in Colorado and, um, I had a great partner. Um, and we together, we kind of built this, uh, design firm and didn't really know who we wanted to be when we grew up. Um, we kind of worked with a little bit of everyone. And I think as time, I think so much has changed in our industry, um, you know, for a long time, you didn't want to work with a lot of people in the same industry, you know, clients in the same industry, um, for yeah. conflicts of interest. But I think, um, there's definitely be- become more teams of people that specialize with a certain type of clientele. And one of the things that sort of developed over the years with Tenfold was, uh, craft beer, which a lot of the work that you see from Emmerich office is craft beer, and yeah, that was kind yeah. of me driving that uh, side of side of the business. And um, long story short, uh, you know, we when I started Tenfold, I only had one child uh, with Katie, and then by the time uh, Tenfold reached at least five years, we had four. So um, it, was it was a lot, lot of yeah. kids in a lot of in a short amount of time, and um, you know, the pressures of running a studio. And I was only twenty six when we started Tenfold. Um, and at most, we had around six six employees, and um, it was really difficult for our marriage. I was gone a lot. I was frustrated. Um, at one point, we had we'd kind of uh, gotten to some uh, a, a financial shortfall in terms of trying to keep employees on staff during the the Great Recession. And um, yeah, you know, I think there was a lot of people that went through that, and I think out of that just came this idea of of really wanting to simplify. And as much as I enjoyed being a part of a a larger design team, I really kind of missed being around my family, which is understandable. But um, I think part (laughs) of it, Emmerich Office was kind of born out of two things, was just sort of, one, trying to keep our marriage together, and trying to keep that healthy. Mm -hmm. But just also the idea of, of simplifying and not missing out on uh, what's going on with my kids, but you know I also noticed you know our, our kids have kind of inherited their parents' artistic uh love of love of art and artistic ability, so uh, it's something that I almost you know wanted to be able to share what I do more with my kids and being home and um having them see how I work kind of became how Emrick office got started, so um we both sort of had reached a point where. Um, something had to change and uh, so that's that's sort of the beginning of Emmerich office.
1: Yeah that's well so that's great what a great reason to to build that like a lifestyle change really. Yeah. So you're in Colorado and then you you're in uh, Indiana now. Yeah. Yeah and and how, how how is it how is that switch you know going from where does it matter you know does it even matter where you're because you guys are working with a lot of different clients and you know, all over. Um, and and so how, yeah, how how does that, how does your location play into the
2: location hasn't really changed much, um, as far as business. Um, the reason for the move, we had talked back and forth about being closer to family. My family is originally from Florida and everyone had moved back and his family has never left Indiana. So they were all there and um we just talked on and off about should we stay should we move we loved where we were colorado's beautiful we had wonderful friends a great support network um but it just felt like it was time as the kids were getting older we wanted them close to grandparents and cousins and that whole life with family and so we took the plunge and moved across the country and i'm generally very optimistic and i was like oh it'll be great That'll be fine, we can do this. It was pretty quick, like from decision to closing was like six weeks. And I I packed up oh, wow. our house single-handedly because wow. Josh couldn't stop working. And um, after a year after our move, I realized that was huge. That was that was a little more stressful than I yeah. thought. And I think this is our second year going in, and I think we finally recovered. Like we're starting to slow down and <laughs> settle in, and really love where we are. And I,
0: I would say, like the awesome. the business move was the easiest part. I think one of the things that's just really hmm. changed um, for me over the last few years is um, I have clients that are everywhere. Pr- predominantly, most of our clients are. Um, on the West Coast, which is kind of interesting. I think the hardest thing was moving um, from the Mountain Time Zone, which is kind of nice because you kind of straddled everybody. But it was kind of weighted more to the Pacific I side. Um, I think the hard thing for for me now has been um, my clients are you know calling at uh, you know dinner time, <laughs> or you know their their work hours are still going on in the evening. <laughs> so um, it's kind of pushed my day into an interesting place where. Um, I try to get a lot done while they're all still asleep. And, um, then, you know, I'm kind of fielding questions and answering things more in the evening. So it just created a more interesting dynamic that way. But I think, um, one of the things that's changed too, is just in general, you know, designers are working with people all over the place. So you're not really tied to a, uh, location anymore in terms of where, where your business might come from. So, um, it's kind of made things a little bit more global and national for, for terms of client base. So we really felt like we could live anywhere. Um, you know, even the first, when I, when I first left Tenfold, we went on these sort of epic summer road trips with the family, just trying to, um, one kind of, kind of reset, but, um, working from the road. And I know that there's a lot of designers that do this, but most of them don't have four kids in tow. So we were kind of on the road for about <laughs> a month and a half. Uh, and we did that two summers in a row. And it was a great opportunity to reset and rethink and uh, take advantage of not having employees to worry about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet. So in, in Emmerich's office is, is just both of you, right? Do you have other employees or, or anything like that? Or? Right now, it's just the two of us. Yeah. Which is incredible. I can't even believe, you uh, yeah, I'm looking at your work and I'm like, how do you, <laughs> how do you, how do you do it? And, um, I mean, just looking at some, some projects here, like, well, first of all, I'd like to ask you about campy creatures because, um, this is one that, you know, you posted a lot of on dribble about this and I remember catching my eye. And, um, I just, it's incredible. I think that you, the illustration, you know, obviously typography and illustration and, and all that sort of come together really cohesively in this, well, in all your work, really. But in this one, um, it's so fun. And uh, I wonder if you could tell us about this project.
0: Yeah. So I appreciate the kind words on on that project. It was definitely um, a, a turning point for us.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: kind of came about from the the guys that own Keymaster Games are actually designers and illustrators. Um, so it's Maddox Schuler and Kyle Key, and Kyle has a great story because um, about how he how he created Keymaster Games, um, and Maddox is is a uh, uh, is Fort Foundry and and creates typefaces, and so right, right. Uh, they had seen my work for Bottle logic which has um, several different illustration styles that we kind of. Uh, have rolling for them but one of them it has a very pulpy um, sci-fi novel kind of feel and um, you know they were looking for a way to sort of trans uh, translate and and create a game that's themed around classic movie monsters and uh, they saw that that work and thought that that I could be a good fit for that and um, (laughs) they got a a lot more than they bargained for I I, it's interesting because I know it's when you work alone and you kind of have, have, have sort of your own process, you're not sure what all, what other designers really engage in. Um, and I think I just yeah. have always had this, I, I, I have a hard time, um, not, not getting involved in all aspects of the project. And I think sometimes that's, that's more of a, a way to gather control, but it was really fun. Cause we, um, you know, I, I love having input on, uh, like the beers that we work uh, on and um, flavor notes and coming up with ideas (laughs) with that. But with the game, it was really fun to sort of get into um, aspects of the gameplay and how we could help them tie things together thematically. So it um, Mm, really started off as a great partnership from the beginning because um, we both, they were great art directors, even though that they were also designers because sometimes Good designers can also be bad arc directors, um, so that that actually worked out really well. But um, it's I, I basically started um, researching a bunch of movies and really wanted to get this authentic feel of the you know the 1930s to 60s mm. classic movie posters. So I was looking a lot of at a stuff. I love the Hammer Film stuff. That stuff had a great. Mm. Um, almost more of a campy vibe than, than the universal stuff. And so I love the type design on that. And um, I've always illustrated all my own projects. Um, and that kind of started as an art director and, and publishing before, before Tenfold and everything else. But um, I loved combining, like you said, type and illustration to where it's... Um, and I think that kind of projects like that have been sort of where I'm, I'm most useful and helpful to the client. And, um, this just had a ton of that where you're kind of making these, um, each, each character. So the ba- basically the way that can't be creatures works is each player has a hand of classic movie monsters and you're using them to capture mortals. Um, so each, <laughs> each creature card looks like a little mini, um, movie poster for that creature. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Fantastic. so
0: that's where that, uh, you know, that's kind of where the look was born out of. And, um, then the 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 mortals are sort of differentiated um but have a little bit of that same movie you know nineteen fifties to sixties movie movie monster feel and um what was interesting about the game industry is is that they tend to not um as i discovered pay their artists a whole lot um but mm. keymaster i really lucked into this relationship because as their're graphic designers, they really appreciate. And want to partner with great artists, and one of the you know cool things about the games that they've been producing have been that that it really looks different than anything else in the industry. And yeah, um, so they gave us gave me a lot of freedom to to kind of pursue that look. So it was really fun, and um, it was probably the first project where I had the opportunity to kind of post in progress work. And I know that um, you know that that's that's one of the uh, cool things about Dribble, but with the clients that I typically work with, they don't really want me showing in progress work until, right, right. um, you know, done, the pro- yeah. till it's done. And this was the first opportunity that I had to kind of act. They really wanted, cause it was kickstarted. They really kind of wanted to build a following and have stuff to release. And so, um, I got to show a little bit more of my process than I normally would and show sketches, yeah. um, which was kind of fun to do. And, um, Yeah, it it was interesting because I wasn't sure how how people would perceive, you know, the craft beer guy um, working on on a game all of a sudden. Um, But that was interesting about the game too. It kind of ended up going full where we uh, ended up Bottle Logic, the the client that I had done the artwork for that attracted Keymaster. Signed on to do some campy creatures themed beers, so it kind of came <laughs> no uh, full circle back to uh, beer.
2: It was also what? fun because it was the first project I think that kind of became a family affair. Um, since mm. it wasn't beer, yeah. our kids were able to see you know the whole process and get excited about it and pick their favorite monster. And we test played the game as a family and. Um, they were a oh, lot more sweet. involved, uh, just watching their dad work and create these things, and they've been so excited about the game, like physically existing. We have more than one yeah. copy in our house, and they get excited when they have the opportunity to take it to school and show off what their dad has done and play, you know, with their friends. It's been a lot of fun as a family,
0: and with four kids, yeah. they have a lot. You know, that's a lot of friends' birthday parties to go to. So. We have copies (laughs) of the game just to hand out for that. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's kind of been a a nice go to for for that.
1: Everybody gets campy creatures. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like the Oprah of board games. (laughs) Everybody gets one. Oh, it's so cool. And I, I, it's especially cool that it's clear that you were involved in a lot like every aspect of of the game like even down to the packaging and and um and, and that's that seems evident in in the the other work that you've done and a lot of the beer obviously a lot of the beer stuff i mean but not only that i mean i i'm looking at the turner turner dairy farms identity system and it's just amazing to the point where i don't even like to drink milk but i kind of want to buy <laughs> that (laughs) couple jugs of this stuff because it's the label is so (laughs) it's so great um do you find that it's you're finding clients that want sort of someone really embedded and all in and rather than a hired gun or or in other words you seek that out or have uh you just found clients that are great to work with so much that you can that you can kind of embed yourself
0: yeah i think part of that is just that's, I don't know how to work any other way. Um, and so yeah. they, 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 they sometimes get more than they're bargain for. But I also think that, um, part of that comes from like my parents weren't artists. They were pretty far from it. Um, my dad was an engineer. Um, my mom was a homemaker, but kind of worked more as a bank teller before she got married and, um, pretty, pretty, uh, blue collar family. Um, and so I always had to explain myself uh, with what art projects I was working on, and and sometimes that meant demonstrating knowledge in other areas, not just art and the craft that I know. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it is just this desire to prove myself that I'm I'm not just some dumb artist that I I also know you know creative artist flighty artist um, that I also know. Parts and can be passionate about just as passionate about their business as they are, and I think that sort of then uh, makes them, you know, feel the permission to be passionate about what I do and want to know all the geeky details. And um, so I think, like the example of the Turner's project, um, that actually was another one that was sort of born out of craft beer. Their marketing director was. Uh, you know a craft beer um, connoisseur and you know was really kind of lamenting the fact that that you know the milk case just looks like this big sea of white there's not really a whole lot going Mm -hmm. on there and the more interesting stuff is usually the the non-milk products like you know coconut milk or whatever all that stuff has has a lot Mm -hmm. more money that can go into packaging because the margins are so small um, on milk these days, so it's it's really hard to do anything really in- innovative. And I think um, you really have to um, dial it up just with the surface graphics of the leaf because you're kind of locked into this format with milk. And so we we really pushed hard to try to, and and the client was very trusting we really aimed at a a millennial mom audience with that project. And that's kind of scary for Mm -hmm. a milk producer to to do because in their minds, milk is for everyone. You know, they don't want to scare off old ladies or, or um, older men that have, you know, drank milk ever since they were, they were kids, but you know, they're really losing uh, milk is sort of losing a younger generation because it's not seen mm. as much of a state as, as much of a staple as it used to be. And so uh, the dairy is really cool and they have a really cool story. And I think one of the things that have, that has aligned with most of our clients is most our best clients are family businesses like us. And um, that really mm. resonate with this idea that our family is just really ingrained in, into what we do every day. And that's the same for them as well. So um the Turner's, um, family has been running this dairy since 1930 and, uh, they consistently win like, um, best milk in the U S and, um, it's not, it's not an organic dairy, but, um, they, they have really high standards and they work with a lot of these family farms. And I think that's, that's where sort of, I think they appreciate sort of my style of working, and it, it's almost more of that, you know, like a lot of family business owners that that sense of of um, uh, being so involved and so in love with with what you do, um, or or have this heritage yeah. of of this business that's been passed down. I, I really dig pe- working with people like that, and I've had experiences yeah. working with larger companies, and you just don't feel as appreciated in your one little sort of cog in the wheel where you can make a big difference for a smaller company. If you can find ways of, of making a living doing it.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I think it shows that your work has been, you know, you're elevating all these products that you're helping. Like I said earlier, I don't, I don't drink milk straight, but I want to buy <laughs> Turners. <laughs> you know? I do too. It's a, um, and I wish me I wish too. I could. <laughs> it's a, they're they're based in Pittsburgh, so
0: if you're in the Pittsburgh area, you can you can have Turners. So, but, oh, um, okay, we're in Indiana, Ooh, so it, right. we have to uh, pick some up when we're passing through.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, did did you get to? Um, do they have a swag merch shop or something that we? Can I
0: don't. I don't plug? know. I <laughs> wish. I know that they they do some stuff from time to time. They did some. Um, they also have a, a yeah. uh, they also make tea. Iced tea is like a big deal in, in Pittsburgh. Um, I think it oh, dates okay. back to like the steel, steel workers. Iced tea was a big thing for like sort of cl- clearing their palate from working in, in the, um, the steel, steel mills. Um, but they have this tea brand. So I know that they do oh. a lot of swag with, the the tea brand. I don't know how much swag okay. that they do with the, uh, the milk products right now. I just, Um, I want
1: a Turner's shirt. Yeah, I think they've got some of that. I think a lot of it, (laughs) I think a lot of it,
0: they, uh, it's more giveaways on social media. So, yeah. So if you, if you, uh, if you're in the Pittsburgh area or if you, if you're visiting Pittsburgh and get some Turner stuff, be sure to post it on uh, social media. And that's
1: how you could probably score some Turner stuff. I love it. I love it. This week's episode is brought to you by Wix.com. With Wix, the web is your playground. Start with a blank slate and design your website in any layout you want. Work with advanced features like retina ready image galleries, custom font sets, and sophisticated design effects. Each feature is intuitive to use, so you're in control from design to live. With Wix, you'll have real creative freedom to tell your story online exactly the way you've envisioned it. Push the limits of design and start creating beautiful, impactful websites. That are uniquely yours. Go to wix.com slash dribble to get started today. That's w i x.com slash dribble wix. What will you create? So you've done a lot of work with, with breweries. Clearly you don't like beer. I, think. <laughs> well, I, don't,
2: I don't, I don't love it. I love <laughs> sours. I really yeah. like sour beers and oh, s- yeah. some yeah. stouts. Yeah. I'm a little picky. Although, Everything that Bottle Logic makes is really good. So, yeah, my yeah. I don't know. I taste a lot of their stuff, and then when I go and taste, you know, more available craft beer, I'm not as impressed. But
1: yeah, well, I mean, that means it's good, probably. Yeah, really they do good.
2: a good job.
0: Well, before I started working in beer, I mean, I liked it, but I I didn't really, you know, it was it was kind of a luxury, um, you know, when our family was first starting out. So um i've just sort of over the years i've had this first rate beer education from my clients and um i definitely there's definitely beers that have grown on me over time and um you know my tastes have evolved over the years i think i think that i've gone sort of the classic route of back in the mid-2000s you know kind of interested in imports and trying (laughs) trying um uh, you know, darker beers. And that's kind of like the first sort of gateway that people used to go through. And then, you know, they'll buy, start buying, you know, uh, more um, classic sort of porters or, or stouts and then migrate their way eventually to be trying IPAs. And then they start getting into sours and and barrel aged beers. And then at the end of the day, sometimes you just come back to a really good um, Kolsch or or Pilsner, you know, that's just done really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um so there's, uh, there's definitely sort of an evolution that you go, go through. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I've grown, I, I grew to love beer. It wasn't something that I ever thought that, like, I just really want to work on beer. It was more of a realization from the art perspective of, I just really love when the work that I do is, is ingrained as part of the product and not something that yeah. um, is used to manipulate people to buy the product. I like it when the art mm. is synonymous with the product, and people can decide, "Yeah, that's me," or "Yeah, that's not me."
1: Mm. Yeah, that's great. What a what a great reason to want to work on something, and and it, it comes through. I'm like, like the bottle logic um, project here. That clearly, you're not just a hired gun here. We need a logo and create it for us. It's like a whole. It's a whole system, and was that another family? sort of style business bottle logic
0: it was three friends um, that started and it they're definitely family oriented um, there is a husband and wife that works at the brewery um, one of the partners and his wife works at the brewery and then um, one of the partners met his wife at the brewery and um, so there's definitely a, a family aspect to it um, and I think that's probably true of most craft breweries even if the, the it's not like strictly, in the name of you know a family business um they're definitely more family oriented in terms of how they're run and and uh how they treat their their customers and and staff and everything
1: that's awesome uh like so i'm I'm curious like in terms of of working and how you work together and you know how how this stuff comes to be in, in Is there a lot of sketching initially or, um, you know, all digital or um, because there's so much, I mean, you've got illustration and typography and and, and lettering and all that stuff kind of working together. But I wonder if you could share a little bit of the process, you know, for one of these.
0: I think um, sort of the diversity in our work has been driven by the fact that we had focused on craft breweries for a while and we can't keep making each craft brewery we work on look the same. And, um,
1: Mm, I think
0: that Mm. also is something that, um, worked well with sort of our personality. And I think, um, both of us tend to, um, not want to do the same thing over and over again. I would, as an illustrator, I would have a hard time picking one style and sticking with it. Because there's just so many things that I love and can get just enmeshed into. And it's really hard for me to, to just pick one style and stick with it. And I think that the same yeah. is true of Katie. There's so many things that we like that it'd be hard for us to just pick one thing and just be that. Um, and so that that's sort of driven sort of the diversity in terms of um, style, illustration style for one. And, and that's that's kind of one of the things that's been... Kind of an interesting question with our our des- our design firm, our our businesses is that I'm sure that people would say that we have a style, but I think personally, I don't know what that is. You know, I think yeah, yeah. that that each time we do an illustration style, we're usually trying to, um, for the most part, try to create something new that's really just um, appropriate for that client, um, and that they that almost that client can own. And that's not to say that we don't. End up using that illustration style somewhere else, but as opposed to yeah. saying, "Oh, this guy would be really good for it," you know, we're kind of trying to think, reverse engineer it, and really think about like how we could create a, a new style. And so, I think that's a a part of the creative process from the beginning is really um, we definitely like a lot of designers use a lot of mood boards, but um, we're really trying to find what things um, blend well together. Um, and so that that's probably the really big first, I, I feel like 90% of what we do is um, managing the client and then um, figuring what ingredients we can blend together. And then the execution is the, the part that's almost, for me, has be- become kind of the boring part.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like,
0: yeah. Um, you know, yesterday I was working on a sketch and um, the frustrating part was I had to do the sketch to show the client but I had everything worked out in my head, you know, at this point. So it's like, yeah. um, you know, just trying to sit down and show the the client that I've got it, um, that all these elements can work and come together to, to kind of move on to the next thing. But, you know, in terms of working together right now, Katie's just, um, she's, she's, uh, our kids are now all off into school. So she has more time for the business. And so she's been, um, primarily she was helping with accounting and, and billing and all that boring stuff um and then but now she's finally starting to um do more work on her own and so we just worked on a project that we can't talk about but um it's top secret, it's top secret. but uh oh, it's fun shoot. fun for her uh it was fun <laughs> to see her kind of really kind of take the lead on something for the first time in a, in a long time so over
2: a um, decade
0: and uh so it, it was oh, wow. fun It was fun to actually also, from my perspective, step back and not have to work on it. So um, uh, it was, it was, it was nice, but um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think um, our process probably looks the same as a lot of other um, designers. I think it's just really how you, how you solve problems is different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: and I, I think the way that I tend to approach every project is because I'm a, a big movie buff and I I really kind of think of each project almost as a feature film and a story that I'm trying to tell. And so um I think that sort of bleeds into things like can't be creatures, but um, you know, I tend to think of of things like almost like a, a method actor and I just get I have an obsessive personality where like with, with Turner's, you know, I was just consuming all this Pennsylvania history and studying you know, Dutch, uh, Pennsylvania Dutch folk art and all these things. And I, I love wow. just going down the rabbit trail of stuff. I think there's almost nothing in this world that I can't, you know, art form wise or whatever that I can't appreciate in some way um, if I can learn enough about it, you know? And I think that's that's been a big part of our process.
2: I think the style that comes through, like if people were to look at our work and see a style, I think that would be contributed to the fact that Josh is so intentional about everything he puts onto a label or whatever he's producing. And everything has been researched. Everything has been thought through. And there's an intentionality that comes through on all the work that comes out of Emrick office. And I think that's what people might see because there's so many different illustration mm-hmm. styles that he can accomplish because he's extremely talented. Man, but, oh, um, That yes. intentionality yes. and the integration <laughs> of a story and an idea that comes through the type and the illustration and everything that you see on the label or whatever the product yeah. is.
1: I totally agree. I, I think, you know, looking at your work page, for instance, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see, uh, I see like a, like a perfect execution of, of various styles to me and um nothing looks um you know taken from another project or it's just this giant body of work that's it's just so impressive i think that's and that and that makes sense in terms of what you were saying before about uh josh about um being a method actor kind of you know for the for the client I think the clients are lucky to, to, to hire you guys, <laughs> right? I mean, cause it, I think that is that there's true care. I think, um, as you were saying, Katie, about, you know, everything is intentional. Uh, and that, that shows, uh, so I imagine that, that the clients like working with you.
0: <laughs> I hope so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's, it. Mean,
0: there's times where I've probably given more than a client once and that can feel, um, you know, when they just want, they just want this X, Y, and Z and I never give them X, Y, and Z. It's like, I always have to like (laughs) push it. And, um, sometimes that gets exhausting too. Like, you know, sometimes you just need to make money and get paid and, uh, get a project done and, and they want to cross, uh, something off their list. But, um, I think, for the most part, too. I think the client we've been hap- lucky to have our clients, and um, there's been instances where our clients have really looked out for us and have had our back. And um, there, you know, there was an example once with our when we were buying our house in Indiana where it was delayed. It was you know really late, and then it ended up there was some cost overruns, and we were trying to think it was way you know over what we had budgeted and it fell right like everything fell ended up falling at this time when um c- cash flow wasn't good cuz we were waiting on stuff and we weren't able to complete as much work as we normally did would because we were in the process of moving and one of my clients you know kept asking about how things were going and um with the house and he said well what what if we you know, pre-purchased a bunch of your hours. We don't know what we're going to use it all on yet. But what if we did that and oh, wow. you know gave wow. us basically sort of the the financial security for us to feel like we we didn't have to walk away. You know, we were kind of on that verge of is this you know is this going to put us in a bad spot in a few months or um or you know can we can we weather this storm and so you know they've they've gone to bat for us as well and I think. Uh, those type of relationships that just doesn't fall out of the sky. I mean, I think that's, that's finding something, you know, that's cultivating it from your side, but also, you know, being able for, for those people, letting them into your life enough to where they, they care about you as a person and not just what you do for them.
1: Yeah. That's the way it should be. That's amazing that they, you know, it becomes personal, right? Right. Uh, in a good way. And I feel
0: that's, I mean, that's the way that I feel like Hmm. business has been, there's the good side of business has, has, has always been there like that. And I think, um, you know, as a student, I wanted to work with these big companies that do, um, great work. And what I discovered over time was that, um, the work that you're usually the most passionate about is, is this kind of stuff where you, you end up with a client that really trusts you and, um, you know, goes mm-hmm. to bat for you. and But the, I think the other side of that is somebody has to create the next round of cool stuff. You know, as much as I'm a Star Wars fan and would love to do fan art or something like that, um, I think it, it's really important to think about, like, you know, those brands or those things that you love had to mm-hmm. start somewhere. And wouldn't it be a lot more fun if you were part of the the team that made that great new thing? And I think... Um, sometimes now I I feel like designers can be overly drawn to the things that they love that already exist and not the things that they could make. That's something that I've really appreciated about the client relationship and even working with small clients that nobody's ever heard of is that, you know, one of these days I'm going to work with someone that is going to create the next big thing as opposed to sort of jumping onto something that already exists and just being a cog in the wheel for that
1: oh, that's amazing yeah and i i'm pretty sure you will or you already have so <laughs> <laughs> i mean totally uh look uh josh katie thanks thanks a million for uh for being on today it was it was awesome to hear about some of your your work and again i'm just so impressed with it and uh i can't wait to see what you guys are working on next well,
2: thank you we're happy to talk awesome with
0: you. thanks we're we're a game, so that's going to come out in late summer um, oh, and it's completely. Yeah,
1: tell us about that.
0: Yeah, it's completely different than uh, Campy Creatures. It's um, called Caper, and it's a game that uh, started off in Europe. And uh, Keymaster and I worked together to kind of um, reimagine it for the U.S. audience. And um, it's uh, all the artwork's done, it's, there's just so much of it that we're kind of slow releasing it. Mm. um oh yeah this and, has been
1: you've been uh putting some shots on dribble uh for this uh, yeah this looks yeah, outstanding it's,
0: it's kind of kind of quirky and um yeah. it's, it's a little bit more cartoony but it's basically this uh, uh like a heist movie set in 1960s uh something europe and <laughs> players uh kind of draft thieves and deploy them at different locations and equip them with gadgets to um, take the most loot. Um, but everything has a little bit of a, I guess the best way to describe it is it's got a little bit of a Wes Anderson vibe. Like it's as if <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Wes Anderson directed like a heist uh, Pixar movie or something like that. <laughs> um, it's kind of got that vibe a little bit. Um, so it was a fun departure. It's a little bit different um than anything else. But the I think this one has a lot of spot illustrations, but you don't really get a sense of the game until you have it all laid yeah, out in front it, of you. Because there's the there's a ton of
1: ton of stuff.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to see that one after production. Yeah. In person.
1: Yeah, I am too. I'm just looking through this. It looks amazing. Uh, and you've you have a um a mock-up of the box even. Yeah, this looks this looks fantastic. I can't wait. A drafting game for scoundrels. Yeah, so drafting if you,
0: if a drafting game is basically the mechanic. Um, so people that are super into games would kind of know that is. Mm-hmm. But like um, I don't know, probably the most um, mainstream Draft. drafting game is Sushi Go, um, and it's the idea where um, you're basically pa- passing cards or objects from player to player, and you're pulling out the ones that you want. While trying to keep your your opponents from getting the things that they want. Ah,
1: okay, um, cool.
0: And so you're basically drafting the right combination of cards to work with your strategy.
1: Gotcha. Um, sort of. Well, reminds me of Uno, maybe, but in a, a higher, much higher, <laughs> much more interesting level than just you know three yellow or something. <laughs> got like right. Um, yeah.
0: So like the yeah the mechanic would be you know you you go through rounds of. Of, of trying to select the right thieves to, to, to implement your strategy at different locations. And then you go through a round of um, equipping them with um, gadgets, and then you go through another round of, of deploying more thieves. And basically, you're, you're passing the hand that you had to your opponent. They select something, and then they pass it back to you, and then you select something. So that's that's basically kind of how it works.
1: Wow. Yeah, and the thieves are—you've illustrated all the thieves, and they're amazing. The boxer and and the the bookie, the royal—these are these are fantastic. Yeah, I want to see—I want to see an, to an animated it. movie of this when it's done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, we like even with campy creatures, we're we're really trying to create intellectual property for each game that we do that isn't isn't just a trope. You know, mm. I mean, there's some tropes in there that you have to do because you have limited storytelling abilities within a game, um, you know, cause it's not like a movie sitting before you, but you, you, uh, we really want to help, you know, w- each game we worked on with Keymaster, really trying to push those characters to something where there's something quirky or unique or interesting, or there's some type of st- storytelling element that feels good, um, you know, but sort of fresh at the same time, mm. um, and so that, that's kind of what our goal was with all those characters. There was um, 24 characters, and then I don't know how many, I think 24 uh, gadgets, and then there's 23 locations. So basically, it ended up being like 75 illustrations um, oh somewhere in that neighborhood that we had to get done between, I think we kind of started in November and finished up uh, in early March.
1: Wow. Wow! So this is this has been a big big project for for you uh, recently.
2: Yes, yeah, a lot of time.
1: <laughs> well, awesome! I, I I can't wait to see it and play it. As with campy creatures and everything else, I want to drink all the beer and drink all the milk. Oh, <laughs> sounds like of, a party! <laughs> it really does, right?
2: Chase the beer with the milk.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. The milk is want... for
0: the, the yeah under twenty one <laughs> crowd, and then... that's right.
2: Now the milk is to balance you back out after drinking all the beer.
1: All the beer, I, I, I think that's I think that's a um yeah that's a urban urban legend. That that's true though. Look uh, at that
2: protein and the sugars in there.
1: I think it's great. I've never tried it, but I'm going to now. Um, <laughs> we
0: just need to get some, uh, you know, like <laughs> potato chip companies, like Ooh. craft potato chip companies, and then we'd have this whole game night,
1: you know. In terms you, of all of our clients. you really would. That's incredible. Right? You have to do it, or at least have you know. Yeah, you could have a you could have a night already without the chips, but uh, this is awesome. I I can't wait to see you know everything that you uh, are going to be creating in the future, and I just yeah just keep up the awesome work because it's it's just a it's really a delight to to watch.
0: Thank you so much. That means a lot.
1: This has been Overtime, Dribble's official podcast. I'm Dan Cedarholm, and thanks for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks again.